the next generation of radio. It's the MyMac.com podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. It's Friday, April 29th, and I'm Chad Perry. I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the MyMac.com special Tiger Night podcast. We're here with Dr. Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac. It's our special guest. Hi, Bob. I'm here. <laughs> it's me. How are you, Bob? Hi, guys. Hi, Chad. Hi, Tim. Hello. Hello. So uh, thanks for having me. Hey, we're uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. This is fun. So I understand that uh, today is the day you can finally talk about Tiger. So they say. I don't know. <laughs> you know it always worries me to talk about something I signed an NDA with Apple about. Well, today's the day. I that... think Friday Friday's okay. You might have to wait till six p.m. That's okay. I don't know. Nobody will download it until then. I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's downloaded this and somehow got it early, pause it now and stop listening until six p.m. Friday. Until or just... six p.m. when the party starts. That's right. That's right. So now we're legally covered. Okay. <laughs> So let's talk Tiger. Let's talk Tiger. Excellent. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Dr. Mac Direct as well. It's a new service uh, company that you actually are a part owner of. Yes, I'm the founder. You're the I founder. You're the Steve Jobs of Dr. Mac. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> now you I'm launched... much more benevolent. <laughs> you launched uh, this in uh, February or March of this year? It went live... Um... January like 30th. Oh, okay. I said I would, I, at Macworld, when I did all the briefings, I said we were going to launch before Feb 1, and I think we made it by two days. Mm. And Dr. Mac Direct, for those who haven't uh, yet had the pleasure, <laughs> DrMacDirect.com, by the way, um, we do training, troubleshooting, and technical support. We do it uh, quickly and at reasonable prices. We have a team of um, the best Mac experts I could find in the world. Um, you call us up, go to the website, you tell us what's wrong. We get back to you with an estimate and often can make an appointment and fix it that day. We use a uh, remote control software package similar to Timbuktu or BSD. Uh, we call the call, which allows us to see what's on your screen take control of your Mac with your permission, of course, and uh, makes it really easy and, and fast to fix things. If you've ever been on the phone with a tech support person and, and you know, they say, do this, do that, and you go, wait, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, we say, lift your hands from the keyboard. Don't worry about it. We'll do it. It is kind of cool to watch somebody else control your computer and kind of scary at the same time, actually. There's a little disconnect button that remains on your screen permanently. So if, if at any time you're uncomfortable or, you know, we're going in a folder that might contain something you don't want other people seeing. <laughs> you know, it's called the called panic P button. P-R-O-N. Yes. Yeah. Which probably um, has a lot of JPN or JP JPG files. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't usually open data files. In fact, we don't usually look in folders except the library. Almost everything we need to look at or fix, it turns out, lives in your library where there's... Really, unless you put something interesting there, there's nothing interesting in the library. How many uh, people do you actually have working for you that, that are considered techs? We have uh, 
five or six agents and they're not full time there they they are remote workers so what it is is we hired math consultants and when they're available they log into our system and give us their time and if a case comes up while they're logged in they take it otherwise we email them and say here's what we've got we use email actually and I chat say here's what's here's what's cooking anybody want this one who's got some ideas for this one and we have facilitators we call them concierge and they coordinate between the client and the agent so at this point we got four or five and we're I think bringing on two more next week we've got several applicants that I think are ready to come on board I take it real hard to serve you the same day if you've got a big problem you know if you've got something that's a showstopper most of the time we can get someone with you within I don't know four hours sometimes even faster now as the founder do you actually do some of the work yourself do you jump on and help people I do I tend to take the ones that are appropriate for me for example garage band you know somebody has a garage band question I'm their guy same thing with tiger in the beginning because I've spent some time with it already writing tiger for dummies of course so you know whatever's appropriate I don't like to take food off their table so if one of my agents says they know how to do something I usually let them have it I mean I know some clients would rather have me be their agent but if I've got anyone else that knows how to do it I tend to want to give it to them so that they make the money so isn't that nice that's really cool that's a great way to can you imagine Steve doing that no wait a minute Steve my barber or yeah Steve your barber yeah no I couldn't he's kind of a dick so so if somebody's machine is completely broke down or they can't connect to the internet or something you're really not going to be able to help we can work with them on the phone if it's something that they suspect may not be dead hardware Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to use our mouse call software and we don't use it for every client sometimes it's just faster to say do this yep absolutely. if it's something quick and easy uh, a lot of times we'll just say okay click this you know type this but for the sophisticated you know longer longer troubleshooting sessions the mouse call software works great it's just a tremendous help so it's drmacdirect.com or is. Uh, is there a phone number yes one eight seven seven Doctor Mac for you. That would be let me see one eight seven seven. I've got it. I've got it translated here. It's eight seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not eight hundred. No, it's eight seven seven. Eight seven seven Doctor Mac for you, which is three seven six two four two two four eight. I'm trying to do this on the fly. Yeah. Three seven six two two four eight equals Dr. Mac for you. Hmm. 877. Toll free. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. He's counting out four, the digits. Five. Okay, that does work. All yeah. right. I just want to make sure seven, that he, seven. you're not putting any of those extra letters in your name just to be cute and it doesn't actually, you don't have to push that button. We didn't have to. It turned out that they had one of the numbers we requested. We asked for a list of like 30 and this was the only this this and one that was even worse than this. Really, so. I'm always amazed at how many how people get those numbers, and you think, wow, it's a brand new company. They got a number that's perfect for them. It's always, got two extra letters at the end. Yeah, <laughs> don't do anything. 
Uh, so if somebody answers real quick, they get to hear beep beep. <laughs> the last two numbers. That's right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, we should back up and say we're actually recording this on Tuesday, April twenty sixth, for uh, the twenty ninth uh, release. So the big news today, right now, is that Apple Computer, and I'm sure you probably read this online, is not selling Wiley books in their. Apple stores due to the new Steve Jobs book coming out, bio book. The Jeffrey Young book. Yes, yes yeah. I believe I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, correct me if I'm mistaken, but that is your book publisher, correct? It is indeed. How, obviously, you can't. I, I don't expect you to say anything derogatory oh, about Apple. Oh, I'll be Apple. happy to say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually made a. I made a comment this morning for Mac Observer. And I'm perfectly happy to say, you know, the same thing. Here, I'll, let me get it up for you. But the truth is, I said it stinks. <laughs> I would agree and with you. You too. Find, let me find this because it'll be better if I read it than if I try to make something up from scratch again. <laughs> I spent like an hour writing one sentence. Here's my sentence. It stinks. <laughs> I'm oh, glad, wait, I'm glad you more. didn't paraphrase oh, oh, wait, it. Wait, there's more. <laughs> there is one more thing. I'm sad that Mac users won't find my books at the Apple Store. At the same time, I'm tickled that Wiley did the right thing in spite of the pressure. Since Amazon.com, Borders, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, and many other fine booksellers carry my books and have lower prices, I don't expect to lose many sales or much sleep over the whole sordid affair. Yeah, so there it is. Yeah. The official comment from Doctor. <laughs> I I was quite surprised about it myself. I could understand if Apple wouldn't sell this particular book, but to take an entire publisher's line out of their store—that's a little drastic to me. Uh, a little draconian, isn't it? Yeah, I I can't think of the last time I've seen anything like this happen. And what else is Steve new, Jobs? You know, when, I'll tell you this: my publisher called me a few days ago to tell me this was going to happen. You know, because they they knew about it earlier in the week or last week even. So when they called to explain it to me, they said, can you believe this? And I said, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds like typical Apple heavy-handedness. You know, remember, these are these are the guys that sue college kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, legally, Apple may have the, the right to sue those college kids for distributing pre-released copies of, of Tiger, but... From a PR standpoint alone, you would think that they might not want to do that. But Apple doesn't seem too concerned about bad PR when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) anything. Um, But I don't know, to do this on the eve of of releasing Tiger and books based around Tiger, just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem um, a very professional. No, and it's not good for them because that's potential lost sales in the Apple Store. Um, why would a writer go out of their way to write a book about a product Apple sells if Apple's not even going to support them by selling the book in their stores? I'll yeah. tell you why. Because I sell most of my books elsewhere. Oh, oh I'm sure you do. <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to lose a lot of revenue and I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep, but I still think it stinks. Yeah. Any chance that you think Apple would come back and not support writers that write for that publisher? I mean, for instance, well, obviously you're that's getting... That's a tough one because books are ephemeral. It's like you finish a book and you're no longer really a- affiliated with that publisher and your next book could be for a different publisher. 
I think that maybe they'll stop cooperating with Wiley uh, authors on Apple Books, but that's really not in their best interest. It's like, what? You've got one of the biggest publishers in the world. You're going to tell them, we don't want you to do any more books about Apple products? Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? What if they say yes? You know, that means that the uh, the quantity of books we can buy as Mac users will go down by like 15 or 20% because they're, yeah. if they're not the biggest Mac publisher, they're one of the biggest. Yeah, absolutely. They have a lot yeah. of lines besides dummies. They have, um, well, gosh, Teach Yourself Visually and the Andy Anatko series and they, do well, they, I, hope uh, that, I hope it doesn't come down to that. And I, I feel uh, confident that cooler minds will prevail and all of this will blow over at some point, but mm -hmm. you never know. Well, we don't have an Apple store in our area. I think uh, two and a half hours away is about the closest, yeah. so we'll make sure we buy your book From Amazon. <laughs> online at Amazon. Or Barnes & Noble. <laughs> or Barnes & Noble. I'll have, a link, I'll have a link for the book on the website on Dr. Mac Direct uh, next week when I do my Tiger update over the weekend. Um, uh, one of the things I'm going to add is my Tiger book, since you can't buy it at the Apple Store anymore. Yeah, well, I guess I'll have to put a little tag on it that says, "Buy the book that was banned from the Apple Store." <laughs> a banned it can't book? Hurt, can it? No, that's oh, actually uh, probably good oh, PR. Yeah. I like that. The banned book, the banned Tiger book. Read the book that Apple banned from the Apple Store. So controversial. They didn't ban it anything yeah. I did, but I don't have to say that. Do I? The book Apple's so scared of, they won't even sell it at their own store. <laughs> learn we the, could all say that. Yeah, learn the Me truth. And and... Learn the truth about Tiger. <laughs> Tiger exposed. <laughs> that could be great. We need to come up with some like flash animation. <laughs> flash. Call up that guy Mac Boy. <laughs> you know, you ever seen any of his flash cartoons? He's yeah, great. He is funny. William somebody in New York. He is awesome. Uh, we need to take a quick commercial. We're coming up on uh, a little over 14 minutes. So we're going to do a quick commercial. We're going to come back out of the commercial and do a Not Mac News with Chris Siebold. And we'll be right back with Dr. Mac as well as some contest information. Stay tuned. Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com, so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. At the Apple shareholders meeting last week, Steve Jobs called concerns raised by environmental protesters, quote, bullshit, unquote. After uttering the colorful expletive, the CEO of Apple reiterated that Apple's long-running policy of leaving the water running while brushing your teeth will remain unchanged. Not Mac News has learned that Bob Dr. Mac Levitas is taking a page from Sean Combs and the artist formerly known as Prince by changing his name. Instead of Bob Dr. Mac Levitas, he will now be legally known as the Mac Daddy. The Mac Daddy explained the change by saying that with the Mac's popularity growing, the Mac Daddy makes for a much better t-shirt and cheaper tattoos for his fans. Not Mac News. We distort, you deride, I'm Chris Siebold.
and we're back with Dr. Bob, Dr. Mac Levitas. So, Bob, is it true, the Mac I'll Daddy thing? Mac Daddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. new line of clothes? Yes. I, I like the guy with the hat turned sideways. The hat turned sideways and the baggy shorts. And the baggy shorts with the surgical mask. That's cool. You bet. And the shoes with the Apple logo turned upside down. I thought that was cool, too. That's right. <laughs> You put I was thinking of calling my, my line Sean King John, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, for those who don't understand that, I'm not going to explain it to you. You don't have any teenagers. Yeah, I don't have a Mac life, so. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, as you probably know from reading the pre-release before we actually recorded this, we're going to give away an Alchemy TV DVR TV tuner. It's a $159 value. It lets people with a G4 or G5 watch TV on their Macintosh as well as record. That's what the DVR stands for, Digital Video Recorder. And uh, we got to figure out a good way to give this away. You got any ideas, Bob? We only got one. Usually, uh, I make I make people email us a certain word, and the you know the people who send it in, I pick a random winner from those. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They have to send you uh, the title of the first book I ever wrote. Ooh. Ooh. You're going to have to tell me what that is offline. I will, but not on the air. <laughs> no, of course, of course not. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, I, I like that. One. I mean, I could say, what was the first magazine I ever worked for? That's even harder, but... May, no, actually, that might be easier for some of the old Mac people. Yeah, but some of the old Mac people are so old, they're probably using PCs now because they went through the 90s with us. Bob. No, they're so old, they forgot the name of my Mac. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, so the first book Bob ever wrote, send us the title. Title. Send exact it, title. Send it the exact title. So if there's a the in there, make sure you put the the in it. Send it to contest at mymac.com. Again, mymac. Oh, geez, geez, it's contest, contest at, at mymac.com. Boy, I tell ya. Good and thing. you could win an Alchemy TV DVR TV tuner. Uh, if you want to go to... I'm going to let you... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> just just go to www.miglia.com <laughs> and you can learn more about it. There's going to be a link during the podcast for it. Nothing like uh, being prepared and professional, huh? <laughs> Got a nice guest on that's uh, very knowledgeable, and, yep. and I'm fumbling for words here. Well, good. I'll get things started then. Um, i got to ask you a question about Tiger, Dr. Mac. Um, yes? There was a post on an unnamed website that said, Beware of Tiger. Beware of the Tiger. I was wondering, what's your take on Tiger? Well, I, I haven't installed it on all the machines in my house yet. So this would be a better question to ask me in about five days once I've you know put it on four or five machines and, and checked to see you know what the results are. Mm. Uh, the couple of machines that I've got it on are fine, and I don't see any problems yet. However... I always give the same advice on day one. Wait for the point release. Yeah, yeah. Most of you out there listening um, can wait a few weeks to get the one that's got all the bug fixes rolled in. It, it, it's one of those things where I certainly wouldn't install Tiger today, most people. I mean, of course, I will, but <laughs> I get paid to. You know, I'm a trained professional. It's my job. Yeah. But I think it, the the... The smart users out there will wait a few days and then surf the web and read what people who have actually installed it on real Macs have to say. 
it's hard to tell in advance what exactly is going to break. And, you know, everybody uses different third-party stuff and shareware and freeware and utilities. And so for one person, you know, it could be miserable, and for the next person, it could be flawless. I will say that, you know, most of the installations I've done and most of the time I've used it, I've had no trouble with older stuff. So I don't foresee a ton of incompatibilities. But, you know, lots of stuff needs updating. If you use default folder, it needs an update. Uh, what else broke? A ton of stuff. I'm going to have to start a list, yeah. There's mm. a ton of stuff that will break. But it's it's not mostly your major apps. The applications seem to be okay. It's mostly utilities that tie into low-level stuff. Mm. Um, a good idea for a lot of people that's going to be upgrading to Tiger within the next few days uh, keep an eye on MacFixit.com. They're going to have a lot of good resources and uh, yeah. fixes. That's a good website. It's been around almost as long as MyMac.com has. So, uh, <laughs> well, that'd be the first place I would look next week when, if you want to figure out whether it's safe yet. Yep. Um, read those stories and then decide. Yep. I would say also go to MacIntouch.com, but they uh, seem to have some allergic reaction to linking to anything that we ever do, so don't go there. <laughs> but I still like that. I still like that site. They don't link to very much. They're not. They're not really like link horse. No, mm -hmm. no, they're just regular horse. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rick's well, a good guy. Well, but the, here's the thing that I have a problem with: all of their content, all of their content comes from users. Right. I mean, they don't publish anything that they usually create themselves. Occasionally a review of speakers or something like that, but that's about it. Everything else is user-contributed stories. Right. And as such, you would think that they would be a little bit more friendly with the rest of the Macintosh web publishing community, but Couldn't they just, agree more. They and, just you know, kind the of snub their is, nose. The truth is, if you're going to do it that way and you're being an editor, you kind of owe it to the community to post stuff from other sites, even if you consider them competition or whatever. Yep, I agree. Which is probably the way they're looking at it, which is back back buttwords. <laughs> back buttwords, I like that. I might steal that later. Um, back buttwords. What do you think? That's in case the FCC is listening. That's right. <laughs> I don't want you to get a $500,000 fine like Howard Stern because I said beep That's <laughs> on the air. Well, I don't really care about the FCC because this is but internet. Wait a but we're not on the air. No, that's true. But we still consider ourselves kind of a PG-13 website. So. Oh, okay. Um, Me I, too. <laughs> you too. I understand and my that. my podcast too. I was no just, I, I was just going to mention, you're going to come out with your own podcast soon. I'm working on it. It's, you know, having written GarageBand for Dummies and uh, having had a radio show and a TV show in the past, I like broadcast media or, you know, uh, video and audio and and the the idea that i can put together a whole half hour hour of it, of audio and have people actually download and listen to it appeals to me i have a lot to say and i can't write it all all week it would take you know hours to write what i can say in a half hour plus i like making funny noises and sound effects and you know having <laughs> contests and stuff garage band there's is good so much for i that. can do that's fun and interesting i hope um, that yes, I, I hope to have my podcast available in May. Well, when you I do, get it done. Well, it, when you get it done and it's ready to go, just let us know, and we will definitely play some promos and make sure people are aware of it. Absolutely, I and, appreciate that more than I can tell you, and I'll do the same. Uh, we appreciate it. That's actually mm. your podcast would be one that uh, Chad and I was talking just a few weeks ago before we even uh, before plans were even made to have you on our podcast, and we were talking about who 
would be really good at making a podcast. And I said, well, you know, uh, Dr. Mac plays music, and he's very good. I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. DVR or, or DVDs <laughs> training things that you did. I thought Untrue, he'd be perfect. Very kind. Well, no, uh, you you were I in play, the. Uh, I, I I like to say I'm a guy that owns some guitars. You know, I'm not a guitar player. <laughs> There's a distinction there, huh? There is. I'm a guy with some guitars. Well, I remember I did a review of a, uh, I believe it was for Ty- or, uh, Panther. Um, yes. Geez, the that... DVD from um, Tacky Shirt, and you gave it five stars. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a great, I, I really like that product, I understand. Yeah, except for Sean. <laughs> um, I noticed you said that in your review too. Yeah, I felt the same way. You know what? I don't remember the review. Oh, it was funny. You you kept picking on Sean. It was it was kind of like a inside joke. You know, uh, it was great except for Sean King. Yeah, that was a joke. I, I know, and and I got to the end and I thought, too bad they didn't ask me for comment. I would have said <laughs> yeah, and I was on the set with him for two weeks. I felt exactly the same. Well, Sean King was uh, my smoking buddy at uh, one expo, so. Ever since Did you have then. to smoke his Canadian cigarettes? No, not at all. Although okay. he, he, he used to bug me all the time to send him Apple Jacks up to uh, Canada because they can't get them in Canada, and that's his favorite thing in the entire world. Now that he lives, last I heard, in Tennessee, he's, he's probably Apple Jacked out. He's up to his ears in Apple Jacks. <laughs> uh, getting back to Tiger, what do you think the number one selling point, well, not necessarily selling point because I really don't care about the marketing aspect, but... What do you what's think? The coolest feature. The coolest yeah. feature. What's, yeah. what's really going to change people when they use Tiger? I think Spotlight. You know, Spotlight's probably gotten the most publicity, and with good reason. It's it's a, one of those things that is going to really change the way a lot of people use their computer. Mm-hmm. It, it. I don't know. Are you either of you guys um, Launch Bar user? No. LaunchBar is a program that was. It came out when Mac OS X came out. It actually was a, a Next program first and was kind of redeveloped for Mac OS X. Basically, you hit a hotkey and type a couple of characters, and it finds everything on your hard disk that matches and presents it in a list, but it learns from the way you describe things what you're typing and then what you want when you type that. So, for example, the, the application Photoshop the, the actual application is called Adobe Photoshop on my disk. And I forget that all the time. So I type PHO to open Photoshop. Well, the first time I did it, Photoshop showed up maybe halfway down the list. The second time I typed PHO, it showed up close to the top. And from the third time forward, if I type PHO, LaunchBar learned that I meant Photoshop and put it first in the list. So all I have to do is hit return and it opens. So it's kind of a file launcher, but it doesn't require you to do anything in advance. It, hmm. it scans your disk and finds out what apps you've got, what documents, and it also can show you names in your address book and URLs and email addresses, phone numbers. It's it's not quite a spotlight, but it's you know got a few of those features, and I'm totally addicted to it. Hmm. So it's been one of the things I've been touting in my Mac OS X lectures and books for years, <clears throat> and Spotlight is all of that and more, because Spotlight can do all of the same kinds of things, you know, it can find a file in, in a flash, but more than that, it can find text inside a file, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if the file is a Microsoft Word document or a PDF, so you could search for um, a name that's in a letter, 
that you wrote five years ago, and Spotlight's going to find it in about a second, two seconds. I, I wonder how long it's going to take Apple to make it so it can record the contents on a removable disk as a catalog file, and it can also look through that. If Apple doesn't do it, the API, I think, is open because I know other applications can access Spotlight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, if Apple doesn't, someone else will. That's mm -hmm. a feature I would love to see. Me you know, too. That I have so many removable media disks, uh, floppy disks, CDs, DVDs, you name it, external hard drives. Um, it'd be nice to be able to search everything all at once. There's shareware applications that can do that. that. Feature. Well, there's, there's been a couple products yeah. that supposedly did that, let yep. you like catalog your CDs and DVDs, yep. and then search the catalog, yep. and it would say, you know, put in disc seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. But none of them ever satisfied me. None of them ever, you know, really brought a lot to the party. So I hope that happens. That would be the a other nice thing that feature. I think is just rocking about macOS 10 Tiger is um, Automator. Now Automator. I haven't played with that much myself yet. Um, I was kind of way, way. Cool. Is it? Give so us an example. You know, a lot of people, I think, are going to get the wrong idea. They're going to think that this is just Apple scripting with uh, visual front end and drag and drop, mm -hmm. but it's a lot more than that. Um, it really enables you to build a workflow that uses features from um, multiple applications um, very, very easily. You don't have to be any kind of uh, expert. You know, it's really, really easy to make very powerful, multi-step processes completely automated. I think a lot of people are going to uh, play with it a little and, and get totally hooked. <laughs> are you a QuickKeys user? I used to be back when it was uh, Mac, Mac OS, OS 8, 8.5, yeah. Yeah, I use it in Mac OS 10, and I've got, you know, literally hundreds of macros I've written. And I'm wondering how much I'm going to need QuickKeys in the future because a lot of the things that I wired up in QuickKeys look like they could be done very easily in Automator. Yeah, it's another example of uh, Apple innovation. Apple putting a little developer. Yeah. yeah, well, but you know, that's just the price of doing business. It is. And, and as a developer, if you're developing Mac software, you have to look uh, at Apple's history and expect that Apple will make something like your thing and give it away free at some point. If it's really successful, definitely. I think you can ask, uh, uh, how do you pronounce Keno, Kino Farb, Knufu? I, I can't say it. Oh, Confabulator? Confabulator, thank oh, you. Oh, Confabulator, yeah, yeah. Prime example, as well as Watson. Um, so Watson, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that program. I was really displeased with I Apple. I thought Apple bought it. No. That's how much Sherlock looked like Watson. It was almost identical. It was it was an affront, I thought. And they gave Dan Wood, the developer of Watson, a Apple Design Award for it <laughs> before they stole it. Here, here's your award. Now, uh, please here's don't bother us when we steal it. Over. I liked his company so much, I stole the product. <laughs> uh I feel bad for them. Uh, and, you know, in the case of Confabulator, it's a little more of a gray area because the truth is most of the stuff in Dashboard hails back, harkens back to desk accessories in Mac OS 6. Absolutely. You know, so like having little utility programs that you can call up um, in a separate, like, layer. At that time, we didn't even have multitasking, so you couldn't open two apps. But 
the idea was little programs, single purpose. Um, it's really not as much confabulator as it is Apple desk accessories, so they stole from themselves. But calling them widgets, I think, yeah. was probably a, probably a tough call for the poor. So you do have a new uh, Tiger book coming out. What's the title going to be? Uh, Mac OS X Tiger for Dummies from Wiley Publishing. Available everywhere. Except. Almost. <laughs> uh, I think Apple's probably going to rescind that fairly I soon. I hope so. It just seems so... Narrow-minded? And mean-spirited. I, I don't understand how publishing all the writers for a disagreement... And you know, and it's not even a book about Apple. It's about Steve Jobs, and that's you know, <laughs> yeah, that's the key yeah. right there. I know, but as much as Steve Jobs is Apple, there's a point where you have to separate how one person at Apple feels about something and what's good for the entire company. Right. And it's, I, it just, I agree. I think most Mac users would agree. I think they do. It's a fine line. You don't want to piss off the mothership too much but hey what do we know right <laughs> which i'm i'm an author myself um not through wiley but um oh which by the way chad they want a uh, updated version of the book they just told me today so oh, ipod plus uh ipod plus iTunes. itunes starter kit um from q publishing uh there's gonna be a new one coming out here you know what i don't even know when they didn't give me a time frame Really? Yeah. Well, they didn't tell me how much they were going to pay me either. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a popular writer like Doctor Mac, yeah, who gets true. the big dough. You know, I just get enough to maybe buy a new iPod. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, you want to? Uh, I, obviously, the book's not going to be out for a couple weeks yet. Well, want to uh, give a couple copies away? Sure. Okay. As long as your as long as your listeners don't mind waiting until the end of May, I'll, I'll have my copies by the third week of May. Do you and want? I'll be happy to give a couple away. Do you want? Should we have some more contests? Yeah, let's let's do. What did we do last time? Did we do? We did the book title first book. That's right. Yep. So okay, I was the editor in chief of a magazine um, in the early days of the Mac. The magazine was eventually gobbled up by Mac World. Actually, I, I was I worked for two magazines that have been gobbled up in the Mac world. But I was going to say but, that, but I was like, well, I don't want to confuse the situation. No, no, I have to I have to make it so that we know who wins. Um, the first one. The first one. The, the first magazine that was acquired by MacWorld and put out of its misery. Actually, there's been three magazines all told. That I could yeah, think but of I don't hand. think I worked for the third one. No, I don't remember ever you seeing you in that. I might have. <laughs> I think I've written for every magazine that has the word Mac in its title. Not my Mac magazine. <laughs> of course, that was Just only a digital one, so that doesn't. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And plus, we reviewed your book, so yes, how like, would that it have would looked? Be conflict of interest That's for me to write. Absolutely right. Plus, we don't pay anybody, so you know. <laughs> I, I tend not to write without getting paid, but sometimes you never know. I tend to write and hope someday I will get paid. <laughs> That's called writing on spec. I try to avoid it. Yeah. 
Um, so let's say you have to send those contest entries to contest at mymac.com. The first. So that's one copy. Let's one come copy. up with a different contest for the second copy. So they have two chances to two win. Two chances. Not one. Two. Two chances. Not one. Two, but chances. two chances to win. Mac OS uh, X for dummies. Tiger. Mac OS X Tiger for dummies. That's a uh, mouthful, let's see, isn't it? Question. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, name my co-columnists at the Mac user help folder. There were more than one. There Ooh. were two. And they had to name both of them or just one yes, of them? Yes, I want both names because they're both people that are still active in the Mac community and you probably know them, but you may not remember that they were help folder columnists. But I wrote the help folder for eight years, for seven years. Send those and I have two different. I wrote it alone at first, and then when I got when they expanded it, I got a co-author, and then that co-author got so good and so famous he got his own whole column, and I got another co-author, and he got so good that he eventually got his own writing gig. And then Bob killed them both. <laughs> I didn't, are you kidding? I love them. They wrote my they wrote my part for me. They were, they were the younger. Junior writers. <laughs> I'd say, write the whole column and I'll edit it. <laughs> uh, and take an half the money. So that's uh, Mac OS X Tiger for Dummies. Send your answers to contest yes, at, at mymac.com. That's right. And by the way, anybody could send any comments they want in either email or an MP3 file to mymacpodcast at gmail.com. The only reason we really use the Gmail address is because... Uh, One gigabyte yeah. of storage. No, no, you're wrong. It's two gigabytes now. Oh. Mm. They bumped That's it right. up. Because somebody else went to one gigabyte. Yeah, Hotmail. So Hotmail, they yeah. that's it. And, you know, my uh, my wife still uses Hotmail, and I haven't really looked at it in quite a while, and I did for the first time just this week, and, ugh, what a jumbled, gory mess that is. It's, I think of it as lukewarm mail. Ugh, it's horrible. Gmail is much better. I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, but uh, for the price, it comes pretty close. Real geeks run their own mail server. <laughs> so how not long? Me, though I'm kidding. How long have you been playing with Tiger then? Um, since the, whenever the developers got it. Yeah, I'm a developer. In fact, mm -hmm. writing a book is is considered developing a product for the Mac. So whenever they started sending out seeds to the Apple developers is when I used it. Last year, though, it was definitely, you know, la end of last year. Dad, so it's you been running, you know, on and off on one of my machines for at least four or five months, probably more like six. Have you played much with the new uh, Safari 2.0 with the RSS built right in? Yes, and it's very pleasant, and you know, I don't think in, if you're like a Net Newswire fan or any Pulp Fiction, your favorite newsreader, I don't think you're going to switch to Safari for your RSS feeds. However, there's so many people that don't even know what RSS is right now, and having it right there in front of them in their browser is going to introduce them to the whole concept. That I think it's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know, for those of you that are already hooked on an RSS feed or many. I don't think it, it brings a lot to the party for you. I think you probably get used to a reader and like some of his features. And, you know, mm -hmm. Safari is definitely a, um, I, I don't want to say bare bones, but it's not, it's not a power user RSS reader. It's just 
add it in and it's very transparent. You basically click the little RSS button and it saves those feeds for you. I really. saw I've seen that uh, somehow it works with a screensaver and it can generate a screensaver based on RSS feed information. Yes, one of the screensavers that <clears throat> comes, you know, one of the screensaver modules that comes with Mac OS X lets you put those headlines up as your screensaver. It's kind of clever. Hmm. And something you can't do with other newsreaders, I don't think. Now, but that's, their RSS newsreader isn't, that's not compatible with uh, RSS uh Enclosures, correct? So, in other words, like if someone was using iPod or X, what makes a podcast a podcast? It's no different than any other MP3 show that you can download, except it's a RSS enclosure on a website. So, if someone subscribes to it with like iPod or X, it can automatically download that podcast and send and it to I your don't MP3. I believe it supports those. No, that's too bad, really. But that that's would be one a nice of those feature. things that I think now that podcasting and iPod or X have taken off. You can pretty much expect they'll be in a future Safari. I'm not telling you anything that Apple, you know, any insider information. I'm just guessing, but it makes sense. I mean, the podcasting thing has exploded. Yep, absolutely. It is. It's all over the place, and you got to figure, you know, if not in 10.4.1, in one of the, you know, 10 or 11 updates we're sure to see before 10.5 comes out. Hey, will that be called ten and a half? I think so. Mac OS <laughs> ten and a half. When does it's it? Got what a happens? Nice ring to it. I want to know what happens after ten point nine. Do you then think, we go to eleven, you, like Spinal Tap. Do you think we'll actually go to anything? <laughs> I, I think ten point five will probably be the last, and that's when they'll change the moniker to uh, Y. Yeah, something. Uh, well, you, you think about Mac it. Mac OS Y, or that could be the Wombat, or Y Mac OS. Yeah, Y Mac OS. <laughs> <laughs> Long, maybe it'll be Wombat. short home. I like that. Wombat. I think they should. I think the next batch should be named after rodents. You know. <laughs> you know, I wrote or, or in, small furry mammals, mm. wolverine, uh, beaver. In one of my, uh, I've got squirrel. a, I've got a thing running. Last couple uh, months, it's called a decade of because this is our ten year anniversary, and I was going back and uh, looking at some of our old covers, and one of them was how Apple used to use musical terminology. Uh, when it came to their next release of the right, Mac OS, Copeland and Symphony. And That's right, Tempo and um, Temp. But it, Tempo? Yeah, T E M P O. That was um, eight point. Tempo was a product six. that did macros in the very early days of the Mac. <laughs> believe it or not. Temp no, was it Tempo or Tempolo? I think it was I Tempo. Don't know. Well, anyways, but they did have a bunch of music mm -hmm. theme names. Yep, but I always thought, um, what isn't Copeland itself a musical? It was for Aaron Copeland, the composer. That's right. Yeah, I knew yeah. there was some connection there. Um, yeah. Wouldn't it make more sense now with the popularity of the iTunes Music Store and the iPod to use those type of names instead of an ambiguous cat? And, and what the hell is the not deal with sexy, the cat? Though. Yeah, but that's not a sexy. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of getting sick of the whole cat terminology. Well, if if, if you're if you're a PC user, I mean, their next release is named after a steer, so. And how <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm from Texas. Well, the University of Texas Longhorns, baby. Longhorn. I don't know, it's not, it has a very pornish connotation to me, Longhorn. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just too easy there, I don't know. Windows users are hornier than that. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> Jeez. 
Anyway. Oh boy. Yeah, let's stop here. <laughs> At least on that topic. <laughs> Before we really degenerate. Yeah. Before we fall into the degenerate black hole. <laughs> it could go down go downhill very quickly there. We don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. Um other than uh what do you got, Chad? Um have you messed have you messed around any with the with the mail interface now or the new mail? Yeah, just a little. I, because I was keeping real mail on a different machine, I didn't mm-hmm. use it much more than I needed to to just write a short section about it in the book. So I'm going to start using it today or tomorrow mm-hmm. whenever I you know get it on all my systems. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my impression was I'm going to like it a lot, and I'm a mail user already. I'm perfectly happy with mail and Panther. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think I'll be really happy. Plus, I really like that Spotlight can search that stuff without actually opening mail and going into mail's interface to search for an email. They come up actually in your, uh, if you want them to, they come up when you use Spotlight, which I think is really convenient because I'm always looking for an email, and now I have to open mail, you know, type it into the little search field in mail. Now, <laughs> I don't just use the hotkey to get Spotlight happening, and it'll come up automatically. Mm. Spotlights, Spotlights. What I'm really just—I can't believe how long that Mac users have suffered through the worst find function in the history of computing for as long as we have until we're finally getting something like Spotlight. I mean, I used the BOS for a while, so I know what metadata can do and how fast to find should actually perform. And it's—it's it's just to me, it's amazing. It's well, long, well overdue to get mm-hmm. something like Spotlight. And I can't figure out why it took Apple so long. But I don't know because they've had the V twin, you know, that, that V twin database engine technology running under what? Um index, you know, whatever that indexing feature was called in Mac OS ten point three and two. But that engine is there. It just never worked very well. Yeah, but then again, um, there is no metadata in in a Unix environment. So That's true. Any metadata that's there has to reside on top of Unix in the Mac layer. So. But Apple's Apple's pretty much secured the uh, future of metadata. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they you know use it in a lot of different places. I don't think for a while there was there was some question whether we would end up with single fork files and no more metadata and things like that. But I think that the answer is metadata is cool. Uh, Plus the metadata from your digital camera, that's a really cool feature. Oh, absolutely! It can, it can actually go in and find your photos based on the date or which camera you used, or mm. uh, even if if your camera writes the right metadata, you can even look for stuff that was shot at a certain exposure, f-stop or shutter speed. Yeah, I entered a contest, a photography contest, and I'm not a photographer of, of any sort, but I took one picture that was really cool a few years ago. And I always get compliments on it, so I entered a contest. I didn't win anything, although I was told that I came within the top ten, which was cool. But when I actually uh, uploaded it to their servers, just a, a JPEG directly from my iPhoto library, it had all the metadata right in there. And yep, you know, I it forgot. travels with the file. That's yeah. what's so cool. You don't have to do anything. If you've got pictures that came off a camera that writes metadata when it shoots the shot, that stuff's there. Yep. Yep, I and, thought you know, that was you don't notice cool. it until something can actually do something with it, but once that happens, you don't have to go back and um, add tags or categories or anything. It's all 
pre-done for you. You get it for free. Now, which is cool. Now I see that. Uh, well, no, never mind. Well, we won't go there. I was going to ask you about GarageBand, but um, I love GarageBand. I use it all the time. That's the most fun program Apple has ever invented. You think so? I think so. I, I I'm I'm really hooked still on <laughs> in iTunes. And it's funny because iTunes has been out now for what? 6 years. And you're right. I love iTunes and I love my iPods, but from a creative standpoint, I just love GarageBand. I can sit down and and make something that exists only in my brain. Uh, come out of my speakers really quickly. And I've owned every sequencer, every recording app, you know, tons of microphones and cables and guitars and keyboards. And I've always liked this stuff, but I've never been able to produce much. You know, it's like just using some of the other sequencers, Pro Tools and, and uh, Cubase. I, I, it took me longer to figure out how to do things than it took to actually lay down tracks. With GarageBand, I basically plug an instrument or mic in, click a button, and record. Uh, a lot which of, I love. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually played a, a guitar through GarageBand yet because I, I don't know how to play guitar. But um, <laughs> and the only Good guitar, reason. yeah, and the only guitar I have is an old acoustic. Actually, it's it's not really all that old. I just well, but you've got a microphone. Yep. You must. Yep. Well, it's. So you can do an acoustic with a microphone. It's a little harder than if you get one of these plug-in electric uh, acoustics like I've got, where it's got a little pickup inside it. But you can get, you know, okay results with a microphone and an acoustic guitar. A lot of people listen to our podcast uh, and then send me podcasting questions about gear, about instrumentation and software that we're using. So uh, this is the first... Well, we, we did a live interview with David Avery a few months ago, um, but our setup's a little bit different now, so I wanted to explain to our listeners how we're recording this conversation with uh, Bob. Basically, we're talking to Bob on my G4 laptop uh, via Skype. If nobody knows, if nobody doesn't know what Skype is, go to Skype.com. It's basically a free internet telephone software. It's, it's, a, it's a nice program. I like it. I like the audio quality a lot better than I like the uh, Apple's iChat, at least in the uh, 10.4 variety. I don't know what it's going to be like in 10.5 Tiger, so we'll have to. Or I jumped up ahead. Didn't 10.4. I? 10. Yeah, you're, you're, 10.4. You're a version ahead of Apple. Yeah, I, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody that crap. I'm in trouble now. Um, so we're using Skype to actually talk, and he's using it on his end, obviously. It works very well. What we did is we plugged a pair of real nice, high-quality or 2.1 speakers into the laptop, and so we hear Bob through the speakers, not through the laptop speakers. Now, we're doing all of our recording on a G5 through the M-Audio speaker. Or, uh, boy, you're going to have to jump in here, Chad. Yeah, through the mobile pre-USB yeah. audio setup that we normally have been using. Um, one of the biggest problems that I'm running into right now during this podcast is we usually do all this at Chad's house, which is uh, all great, fine, and dandy, except Chad's computer is really not working well right now. No. And uh, I'm kind of having to lean to my right in my chair, and I don't have any more any other place to go, and it's kind of throwing my whole game off a little <laughs> bit. Because like, if I don't, and I sit more in the middle, I kind of kick you off over the left, and 
then it sounds like you're far away. Yeah, so the one thing different about this setup is that this time I'm on the left and Tim's on the right. <laughs> In other words, Tim's right this time. But are you a red state or a blue state? Uh, we were a blue state this time, which um, we're a blue state who decided to ban gay marriage. So go figure. I don't go know figure. To, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Because it's a blue-collar blue city in a red state. Yep. Yeah. I. You know, it's we live in a very strange world nowadays where you're either this or you're either that. You're either a blue state or a red state. You're a Mac user, you're a PC user. You're an iPod user or you're a dork. <laughs> or that goes kind of together too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we are a, uh, we're a blue state. But we have a lot of red counties around us, so that's how that works. <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to explain to people was that, so we are recording everything into GarageBand through this setup. So if it sounds like Bob's actually in the room with us, I don't know how good that's going to sound until we're all done recording and I can go back and listen to the whole thing. Um, the speakers that we're listening to him on are on either side of our Nova Class um, microphones, so... Hopefully this will work pretty good, and we can use this in the future to to do more interviews. If there's any podcasters that want more technical specifications on exactly the equipment we're using and the setup we use to record this conversation, send your questions to mymacpodcasting at my, mymacpodcast at, at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you. See, it's just, I'm just having an off day. We finally <laughs> get a real cool guest, and I'm like spaced out. Maybe I'm just having a nicotine fit. That might be it. There you, oh, that's true. You are overdue. <laughs> yeah, I'm overdue. I've got to smack my wrist. Needs some nicotine. Uh, let's see. Uh, go ahead, Chad. Fill in for me. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I had another quick question for you, Dr. Mack, about uh, one of the things that I'd heard or at least read on Apple's website was you had the ability with Spotlight to define what another user was actually allowed to see and what files would actually pop up. I know we had a brief discussion earlier about what uh, what you folks at um, Dr. Mac Direct basically don't get into data files for that particular reason. So how do you use this function in Spotlight? Have you had a chance to work with it at all or not? Yeah, basically you say don't search here. Really? Um, you can choose folders and say just don't don't you don't look in this folder for Spotlight searches because wow. you don't want those little files, those little uh, movie files popping up on screen. You know? Or JPEG files. Yeah. Or JPEGs or whatever whatever you don't want your wife seeing, or husband or whatever, or kids. Yeah, kids. kids. That's, <laughs> that's you know, it. when they have suggestive names, anything that's got a suggestive name should go on the do not disturb list or whatever it's called. Do not search list. Do not resuscitate. That's right. <laughs> uh, one of my questions was, uh, from a few weeks ago on a podcast is why can't you play uh, movie files in iPhoto? Have you noticed that? Now you can import those little MPEG movie files from a, a still camera, but you still can't play them within iPhoto. Isn't that the dumbest thing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even notice it, though. See? That's why <laughs> I you... never shoot those dumb little movies because they're always a waste. Uh, you well... look at it and go, wow, my camera makes little crappy movies. Yeah, well, I've got a Canon GL2 so I can record very uh, real good video, but my kids like to use the still camera and I'd rather them shoot little videos playing out in the snow with that than a Canon GL2. So Yeah. yeah. And, and they want to look at them and they want to laugh at them and I that kind of stuff. Know, I didn't know iPhoto showed a more 
uh, I mean, I didn't even know they would go in. But then, like I said, I never shoot them. That was the last update. One of the big things that you can actually import those into iPhoto now. But if you, and then not use them. Well, if you double click it, it has to launch um, QuickTime. QuickTime Player. Speaking of QuickTime, a lot of people are probably going to be upset because if you've paid for QuickTime uh, and you update to ten point four, guess what? Got to pay again. Got to pay again. Um, have you played with the new uh, QuickTime? No, I didn't pay. Well, <laughs> but you could still look at stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's going to make much of a difference for Mac users with that new codec? What do you think that means for Apple? This new QuickTime, they, they make well, a I'll big tell you, deal of I'll it. I'll tell you the part that I've seen more than more than most of the others was uh, we did a lot. We it took a while, but we all of us, a bunch of my friends that were developers, we all needed to test the um, iChat. Mm-hmm. video functionality for conferencing with three or four people. Right. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it's so much better than one-to-one conferencing now with even three or four people all on at once. The video quality is astonishing. And it's, you know, um, much more compressed than it used to be. So I think the codec is one of those things that I don't think most people will notice um, the feature, but they'll notice that video looks better at lower bit rates. You know, web video come, loads in faster and looks better on your screen. And so, I don't know if it'll load in faster. That's a function of your bandwidth. But yeah, right. once you get the whole thing downloaded, um, streaming, it sh- you should be able to stream without with fewer hiccups. Now is... Because you're getting, you know, more frames in fewer bits. Is this codec supported on the window machines too, do you know? I don't know. I, I believe it's a standard though. I think so. So I but, suspect if it's not, it will be. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm just looking forward to the time that you can get high-definition QuickTime trailers through Apple site. You know, Soon. That would be very cool. This is the year of HD, yeah. somebody told me. Yeah, I heard that somewhere, too. I don't know where now. Actually, I think we're probably, realistically, I think we're probably two years away from the year of the HD. But um, I agree. But then again, the cameras are sub one thousand dollars. Yep, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and that you can uh, play them on Even any TV. Five hundred. Yeah. Well, I would probably say sub a thousand, but uh, the other problem is how many people actually have an HD compatible TV out there. It's a very less people probably have that than have Mac use that's that well, has that's a Macintosh. Going up so. and up, though. If you go to the store now and you look at TVs, even some of the cheaper models are HD ready. That's true. They're well, not, not, not cheaper big screens, but you know you can get an HD TV for a few hundred bucks. So what else is going on in uh, the professional life of uh, Dr. Mac? Anything we should know about? Anything should sure. people should be if looking you live for? In Philadelphia or New Jersey. I'm going to be on tour in Princeton and uh, Philadelphia the week of May 8th. I'll be appearing on Tuesday the, let me look at my calendar, Tuesday the 10th, I believe, in Princeton, and on Saturday the 14th in Philadelphia at the Mainline Mac Users Group. I've got some, I'm doing some seminars, I'm doing a dinner thing, I'm doing a couple of classes, I'm doing a book signing somewhere. So if you, uh, if you want more information, let me, let me whip up a web browser and make sure I've got the right URL, but I, I believe <laughs> it's MLMUG. 
.org. Let's see if that works. Yeah, there you go. Go to MLMUG, M-L, M as in Michael, L as in Levitus, mug.org. And that's the mainline Mac user group in Philly. And they will tell you, oh, here, my day-by-day schedule is on the website. <laughs> wow. On Wednesday, I'm presenting two workshops for PMUG, afternoon and evening. I believe those may be sold out already. They're uh, uh, $5 deposit. I think it's $5. $5 to, uh, and it's credited to your PMUG dues. Then on Thursday, I'm going to my favorite store in the on the East Coast, my favorite Mac store, Mac Outfitters in Doylestown. We're going to have a cookout from 2 to 5. It's really fun. What a nice, they're just a great store, great people. Friday, we're having a workshop at MacMobile in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. How to be a Mac OS X power user. That's $5 also. And then Saturday, I do the ML Mug uh, main meeting. I guess Tuesday night is the PMUG meeting. Sounds We're like... talking at PMUG about shareware and utilities and Tiger. And uh, I guess I'll talk about the same thing at MLMUG. Sounds like you got a pretty full schedule coming up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually the Saturday before that, the what, what is the date? This is the 7th. I will be at MacFest in Houston. Woohoo! MacFest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another all-day workshop deal. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So if you're in any of those areas, uh, make sure you go and check out Bob. Get an autograph, and don't you know? Don't don't do a cream pie in the face, Bill Gates type of thing. We and show him your Mac Daddy tattoo. That's right. <laughs> well, Bob, we want to yo yo yo. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, we want to thank you for coming on our podcast today, and it's a lot of fun having you on. Absolutely. Hey, it was a lot of fun being on. And uh, hopefully next time... i got to get used to this if I'm going to do my own podcast. <laughs> well, we have to get used to actually talking to someone like this because, uh, quite honestly, neither Chad nor I were as prepared as we would like to be. To, yeah. Uh, we are kind of a little spacey, but it's been... This has been one of those weeks that uh, Chad's computer dies and uh, other things going on, so I apologize for the... Not having all of our questions prepared ahead of time, but we kind of well, all things considered, yeah, we just kind of bring it. Pretty good show, absolutely. Yeah, I think we found a bunch of stuff to talk, but then I'm never at a loss for words. <laughs> me, <laughs> me neither. But the problem is, I have. I'm hard to shut up. Well, so am I. But my problem is, I have to watch what I'm actually going to talk about because <laughs> <laughs> I get myself in trouble a little bit too often. Uh, if you want to send any feedback, send it to my Mac or go ahead. Send it to. MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. Go back to the uh, and listen to the questions again for the contest. And if you want to win, send those answers to contest at MyMac.com. We want to thank Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac. Thanks, Dr. Mac. Chris Seabold. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. And uh, thanks to Chris Mm -hmm. Seabold for another Not Mac News and SmallDog.com for the uh, advertisement. We appreciate it so we can pay some bills. And, of course, the Alchemy TV DVR TV Pay for tuner. some of that massive bandwidth bill. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely... And you know what? The, the honest truth is the uh, the cost of our website has gone up almost double over the last couple of months because of MP3 downloads. So uh, once you get your show out there, Bob, I guarantee you people are going to listen to it and your bandwidth is going to go through the roof. <laughs> so well, have fun with I'm that. I have to find a cheaper host. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see. I hope, I hope people will download my podcast. That remains to be seen. They, they will because we'll tell them to. Yep. And we oh. know, and we know where oh. they live, so if they that's don't. That's a slam dunk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a done deal then. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm Chad Perry. Thanks for listening.